Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard. Coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. So, I'm actually in California right now. Even though I'm coming live and direct from Honolulu. Yeah, I'm actually in California right now. Up here visiting family. And uh, I haven't seen them yet today. I got in last night and I had some business meetings today. I, I took care of, you know, via Zoom and whatnot. And... You know, I don't like starting my day off without engaging with the Lord, you know, and with Father and with Holy Spirit. And I do. I mean, I wake up in the I woke up this morning and I was like, uh, oh, good morning, Daddy. Oh, Lord, good morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, so I did engage, but I like spending quality time with them. Right. Otherwise, my days, it's not the same. It's not the same. And it doesn't mean that he loves me any less. He, he understands. Right. But I personally, you know, I, I am better when I, <laughs> when I spend time with the Lord. I'm always better, always better. And uh, I just don't feel like I'm centered. You know, I guess that's a good a term that we use in the world. I, I don't feel centered if I don't take that time to be with, you know, with Father and with the Lord and Holy Spirit. So, you know, I just... Uh, I brought my little towel with me. Y'all gotta forgive me. My my allergies are acting up. But anyway, I have my little towel that I lay on the floor. So when I pray, you know, I mean, like most of the time I'm praying, you know, on the floor, face down, or at least my head is to the side. Because sometimes, you know, these sinuses can't always be having my head down. Y'all like, where's he going with this? I have a point. <laughs> I'm getting to it. Bear with me, right? Thank you, thank you. So anyway, I just laid my, you know, I'm a, a billion backstories, right? I'm giving you a backstory on why, how this episode came to be. So I'm like, okay, I need to go to Costco because that's one of the first things I do. See, I always say I am the office. So it doesn't matter where I go. I have my routine. It doesn't matter what country, what state. It doesn't matter. My routine is my routine. I'm going to have my routine and that's that. <clears throat> so I'm about to, I was about to run out and go to Costco and get my spring water and set up my room with all of the things that I'm used to having. And I'm like, wait a minute. Nah, nah, nah. I need to spend time with my daddy. I need to spend time with my daddy, right? And as I'm worshiping, you know, something that occurred to me is how father has a bad rap, right? Even among Christians, right? Now, I know some people might say the Lord has a bad rap, but we're going to break it down, right? Because God Almighty is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, or God the Holy Spirit, right? And even I remember, like, in my younger days as a Christian thing, like, oh, Jesus is the nice side of God, right? But the Father, you know, he's the mean one. Like, he, he's mean, right? That's, that's the God. I remember telling people this, like, no, 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 you don't understand. This was a long time ago, I told this, by the way. I don't understand. Like, the God of the Old Testament, like, that's, that's Father God, right? That's you know, he's the God of wrath and all of this stuff, right? And that's why he sent Jesus down, right? You know, that's part of the reason you get to see, you know, that loving side of him. But I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And there's so many people. And my focus is not on all of those people. My focus is the body of Christ, right? That's that's my focus. There's so many people that are Christians, even mature Christians, 
that have a a false uh, image or definition of who father is. And it really does affect how you come to God or how you receive things, right? Understanding is huge. So the title of this episode, which I don't know if it's going to be long. I don't intend on it being long, but I just, I just really, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I'm rambling on. The title of this episode is Who's Your Daddy? Yeah. Who's Your Daddy? All right. All right. All right. Who's Your Daddy? So I'm going to pray right quick. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to present you to my brothers and sisters, many of whom may have a false understanding or a faulty understanding of who you are and just how much you love them and that you're not some mean, angry guy like I used to think back in the day. Like, that's not you. That's not you at all. And, and I just pray for the grace. I pray for the grace to deliver this message. I also pray for the faith, God, for my brothers and sisters, that you give them the ears to hear what thus saith the Lord, and that this message you would anoint, and that it would really uh, prick the hearts of those of us that have that don't have a clear understanding of who you are, Father, with regards to the love that you have for us, that you have for us. And again, please give me the grace to deliver this message. Please help me to deliver this message. Use me, I pray in Jesus' name. I consider it done. Amen. Okay, so if we just look at John 3.16, I know I've taught about this before. If you just look at John 3.16, right? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So that whoever believeth upon him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. It's right there. So many times throughout the Bible in the New Testament, when they talk about God, almost, almost every single time in the New Testament that they refer to God, they're talking about Father. Right. They're talking about Father God. And many times you'll see them say God, you know, to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, it's very specific. They're very specific. If you look at that, instead of just grouping it all together, like we've been taught so many times, like, yeah, God is God. God is Father. He's, you know, Jesus and he's Holy Spirit. Yes, that's true. But they are three in one. They are three distinct beings and personalities that are all connected together in one, right? So when Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father am in me, it's true. Like Jesus is Jesus. He's not Father God, right? But he is one with Father. He's one, right? But he's not Father but he is one with Father. And the same with Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus is Jesus. Jesus is not Holy Spirit. He is Jesus, but he is one with Holy Spirit. They're three in one, okay? They're three in one. Three distinct <laughs> personalities. Three distinct beings, but they're one. They're three beings that are also one 
being one God, three gods. There's three parts to the Godhead or to the Holy Trinity, right? God, the Father, God, the Son, which is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then you have God, the Holy Spirit, right? Which is the Spirit of Christ. So this is God, okay? So when you read, if you didn't understand that before, like really now start looking through the New Testament. And this is something I think really that daddy has been working with me on. I actually, I, while I was praying, I said it was a year, but I think it's been about two years now to where I remember I had this thought and forgive me because I know this is not the exact, uh, the exact wording of the thought, but this was the gist of the thought. And I was like, kind of like, hmm, well, there's Jesus. I see Jesus and Holy Spirit is living in me. I'm like, so what? what's up with father? Like, I didn't really say that. But I thought it. He can see it. You know, he can see it. I didn't dare say it out loud. But but that was really the sentiment. Like, what's up with father? Like, where is where is father? What does he do? Is he just some some silent daddy? You know, he just some silent guy. He just, you know, like, you know, when you look at dads and a lot of times our our perceptions for father, father, God are based on our perceptions of human fathers. Right. And um you know, my father was murdered when I was in the fourth grade. I've shared that before. And then the man that was biologically my father, I mean, God is good. So I actually finally did get to talk to the man a few years before he died. So I got to talk to him. But even then, he still wouldn't acknowledge that I was his son, that he was my father. And he still lied to me and was like, oh, I just didn't even know, man. I didn't know you was, which was a lie because my mother talked to his sister and told more information. So I'm like, I didn't bust him out. I was just like, oh, okay, this is the type of man that he is. Okay, well, you know, Father God, thank you so much that, you know, I got to talk to that man. At least I got to talk to him. So I know, you know, I got to, um, how can I say? I got to deal with certain vain imaginations about who that man was and how he was and, oh, what my mother did and maybe she should have done this or that. But then I understood, was like, my mother had her reasons for, you know, you know, she did inform the man and that was that. She raised me herself, right? And I was so glad because I'm like, wow, I would have been a totally different type of man if I had been raised under that type of a father, okay? So <clears throat> our perceptions about father God, a lot of times are based on the type of father that we grew up with or maybe other human fathers that we may have heard of, right? And, you know, there's this perception, at least in America, about like deadbeat dads, like, you know, these dads, they have kids, but, you know, they ain't taking care of the kids. They don't be showing the kids no love. You know, they don't call. They don't do nothing. It's just like, you know, the mom always has to, like, chase that, track down these dads and be like, hey, spend time with your kids. You know, your kids, your kids, you know, need to know that you love them, right? So, you know, without me saying it, that's kind of the, that was kind of the pervasive thought in my heart, like, and I almost even hate to say this, but... You know, for the purposes of this lesson. Now, Daddy, he knows that I don't think about him like this. I don't think, but this I'm telling you where I was at that time. So the thought basically was kind of like Father, Father God was like a deadbeat dad, right? Because I wasn't, it, it didn't seem like I was hearing anything from him. You know, he's Father. But I'm like, but what's he doing? Where is he? As far as I know, he's just like this angry 
this ang the angry father. He's the angry God. He's the angry part of the Godhead. You know, oh, Jesus is the lamb. He's the loving lamb. And then you have Holy Spirit who doesn't even, you know, he tells you what he heard father say or what he heard the Lord say, right? But Holy Spirit doesn't speak of himself. And then it's like, oh, and then there's father, you know, that the angry God from the Old Testament, right? The God of wrath and destruction. But what father started doing, and I'm, I'm almost positive it was about that same time because the thought popped up. I started getting many, 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 many more messages through Holy Spirit. But I knew it was father. It was clear. It's like, hey, this is father. You know, sometimes you'll get a message from Holy Spirit. You know, it's Holy Spirit. Other times you get it. You know, Holy Spirit always relays. He relays messages, right? Sometimes I know it's Jesus, right? And then very clearly I knew it was Father. It's almost like, you know, you, you get a letter and then they sign the letter at the end, you know, signed Father, signed Jesus, you know, signed Holy Spirit. And that's probably not the best way to explain it, but if you understand what I'm talking about, if you've experienced it, you know what I mean, right? You can get a message. It's always through the Holy Spirit, right? But you know when it's Father talking to you, when it's Jesus talking to you, and when it's Holy Spirit talking. You know the difference. And to this day, I still get so many messages from Father. I know it's Father reaching out to me. And all of these lessons teach me about Father, who Father is. And, and I'm like, whoa, it's right there in the Bible. <laughs> it's right there in the Bible. Father God is not some deadbeat dad. That's not father. He's not some angry God of wrath that always wants to kill and destroy people that didn't do it his way. That is not father. That's not father. And so if if you think that today, or maybe you don't dare want to honestly say you think that, but that's kind of in your heart, kind of, you just didn't really want to think it. You know, the thought popped up and you was like, shoo, 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 go away thought. Don't think that, don't think that. God, you didn't hear me think that, right? Um, this message is for you, right? For God so loved the world. This is Father. You have to understand everything that you have in Christ today. If you're a Christian, right? Everything that you have in Christ today is because of the Father. If you're not a Christian and you're listening, the only reason that you have an opportunity to even hear about the Father or the Lord or Holy Spirit is because of Father God, right? He he initiated it. So Father initiated it all. He initiated it all. Now they're always in agreement. They're always in alignment with one another, right? The Father, the Son, the Spirit, they're always in agreement. So it's never like Father's like, hey, we're going to do this. And the other two are like, we ain't doing that. It's not like that. They're all in agreement. They are three in one. They're always in agreement, right? And they testify on behalf of one another, right? So, but the Bible clearly says, right? Again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it's telling you right there. Even though it didn't say father, it said he gave his only begotten son. So if you're giving a son and that obviously, and it's a he, then obviously it's a father. This is father. So father loved people so much. He loves you so very much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, 
to die for you. So that alone, really, if you just take time and meditate on it, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, this doesn't line up with what I thought about God. Like, I thought he was an angry God. But if he's, I mean, which one is he? If he's some angry God that wants to destroy everything, then why does, why does the Bible say that he sent Jesus to die for you? Right? So that you could be with him? See, it's one or the other, right? It can't be both. He can't be some angry, mean, murderous God. And he's such a loving and kind God that, oh, he said, no, no, no. Which is it? Right? And the truth of them, and it, it it really isn't one or the other. The truth is the truth. The truth is that Father God is a very loving God. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so, so, so much. He's not some angry God. Is he holy? Yeah, he's holy. Right? <laughs> right? But he's a loving father. And you have to understand this. And he's not just some silent God. No, father is always operating, right? Jesus is always operating. Holy Spirit is always operating, right? The Bible says that, you know, we shouldn't, in 1 John it says we shouldn't sin. But if we do sin, you know, we have an advocate. That's Jesus. You know, Jesus goes before father on our behalf, right? So, you know, Jesus serves many roles, right? But he he's like our advocate. He's always like he pleads on our behalf. You know, he's like a, a like a like a, a defense lawyer on our behalf, right? So, you know, remember, God is the judge. God, Father is the great judge, right? I mean, our sins are, are brought before him, and the, the accuser of the brethren goes before Father. He accuses us, right? So but even still, this doesn't mean that God is an angry God because Jesus is coming before him. Jesus is the son. That's his role. And he's he's the mediator. He's, he's the mediator between God and man. He's the bridge, right? So Jesus is the son of God, but Jesus is also, and Jesus is also the son of man. He was born, right, through the Virgin Mary, through Mary. He was born. So he's, he has an earthly mother. But he is a godly. His father is God Almighty. So Jesus is, he's able to do both. He's the great high priest. He's the only one that can fulfill that role, right? And what did the high priest do in the Old Testament, right? He, he, he went before God. He went before the Lord and he presented offerings on behalf of the people because the people sinned. And the punishment for sin, right, according to a holy God, and there's only one holy God and that is our God, right? is death so that's why you know you have these things like the saying called a scapegoat right a scapegoat it was it was a goat that you know they basically in a sense it was allowed god allowed it right it's like the sins of the people were were like transferred into that goat you know into that goat and then you know like they killed the goat or they let the goat go away i mean there was a lot of different rules or whatever but it got out of the people and it got onto that particular goat, the scapegoat, right? So, you know, you have to understand each, each office, right? Father God is the judge. He is holy. He is a perfect judge. It's a perfect judge. You think about judges in the world today. These are imperfect judges. <coughs> Excuse me. These are imperfect judges. They're humans. They're fallible. They're not perfect. 
but they're judges. They judge the law. They know what the law is, and they sit there and they try cases. The cases come before them every day. And you have, you know, you have a prosecuting attorney, which is the accuser, you know, judge your honor. So-and-so did this and that, you know, they should be thrown in jail without mercy. And then you have, right, a defense attorney, the defendant, who is there to represent the accused and say, hey, you know, they didn't do this, or maybe they did do this, but, you know, your honor, you know, you should show leniency because of these reasons, right? So that's what's really being played out here, right? But father, father set it in motion because he doesn't want to be separated from you, right? He's not an angry God. He's a loving father who is also the most high God of all creation. And he, he doesn't want to be separated from you, right? So it is important that you believe that you understand like God, God is the one father is the one that actually set things in motion. And the scripture says that it was according. I need to look this up right quick. Cause I want you guys to have this. I don't just ever want you to just take, you know, my word for it. Let me see. Let me Google this right quick. I know I have it in my journal somewhere, but I'm not trying to dig that up right now. It was according to the pleasure of his goodwill. Hold on, hold on, please. Pleasure of his will. There it is. Ephesians 1, 5. Let's pull this bad boy up. All right. Ephesians 1, 5. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Ephesians 1, 5. We're going to do King James Version because y'all know about that King James Version. Okay. Here it is. Uh, nope. We got to back up more. Okay. We're going to start. Number three. Ephesians 1, verse 3. And here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, I told you. They, they, they're very specific. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us or predestined, uh, right, us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved do you see that it's telling you right there so they start off saying right blessed be the god and father and telling you this is father god who has done what what did father do he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in christ Every spiritual blessing. Now, when they say a word in the Bible, they mean that word. So when it says every spiritual blessing, that is what it means. So father, right? Father has given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm through Christ. If you're not a Christian, this is not for you. You don't have none of this. None of this is for you until you give your life to Jesus. 
But now for the Christians, because it's for mature Christians, right? If you're a Christian, this is what father, this is the will. You know, like you have a will and a testament, right? Usually when someone is dying, you know, they make a will in case when they die, you know what their will was towards you. It is my will. I'm going to will half of my kingdom to my to my firstborn uh, to my firstborn daughter. I will half of it to her, right? And then the other half, I'll distribute it, you know, graciously amongst, you know, nonprofit organizations, whatever, right? That's a will. This is what this is saying. This is Father's will. It is his will. He loves you that much. He said, you know what? I'm going to give them the same blessings I've given my son, Jesus. Right? Now, you're obviously not God. You're never going to be God. So you're not going to get that. He is God. Jesus is God. But the blessings, right? And even down to, the Bible says that we're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years. So he, he is even going to allow us to reign. And the scripture says that we'll judge angels. So he's even given us that. Right. There's nothing that he has withholding from you because you are his son. You are his daughter and he loves you so much. One, he sent Jesus to die for you Two, Here it is right here in Ephesians one. He gave you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Don't get it twisted because you look in your bank account and ain't no money there. Or <clears throat> it seems like your life is jacked up right now. That doesn't mean that. That father didn't give you what the Bible says he clearly gave you. He did give it to you. He gave it to you. And even like a normal will, right? So if I if I will, if I will $30 billion to my daughter Kyra, which I very might do that well, we not we don't know. We won't know, right? I might leave $30 billion to my daughter Kyra, right? But I could stipulate in the will that well, Kyra don't get this until, you know, until such and such time. You know, I might, okay, she's under 30. I might say, Kyra can't touch the money until she's 30. Like if the Lord took me, you know, she can't have the money, the 30 billion until she's 30. 30 billion at 30. Okay. So Kyra might look in her bank account and be like, mm, you know, the money is what it is. But I did actually leave her $30 billion. That was my will towards her. It's, it's actually, I did actually leave it for her. It's there, right? It's the same way with, with the father, right? He gave you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Right. Jesus lived a perfect life. He didn't sin. He walked it out perfectly and then he died on the cross for you. So you could qualify to get these blessings that father set aside for you. If you're not going through Christ, you'll never get them. You can't have them. But as a Christian. Now, somebody that says they're a Christian and doesn't know God, a real Christian. Hello? Right? A real Christian that has a real relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, right? A real Christian. There's a lot of people saying they're Christians, and they are not Christians. But don't even get me started on that. So, anyway, He has given you this. And why did He give you this? The scripture goes on to say, right? Well, it says that He chose you before the foundation of the world. He chose you. So, He knew what you was going to do because it said He predestined you. Right. He knew that you were going to sin. He knew every single sin, every single mistake, every single fault, every single weakness, every deceitful, despicable, low down, dirty, rotten, nasty thing that you've ever done. And the things that are in your heart that's even worse than that, that you don't know about and you wouldn't even want to think of. 
that is actually there. It is there. Don't get it twisted. It is in you, right? Even if you think you're so nice and rosy, nah, nah, nah. And the deepest part of you, yeah, that's some real nasty stuff that you definitely do not want to see. But he sees it. But even still, what did he do? Father. This is father, right? It said that he chose you. He saw all of that stuff and then he chose you. Yeah, I love you. I choose you to be my daughter for eternity. I love you. I choose you to be my son for all eternity. It's not like he didn't know what you did. He did know and he chose you anyway. That is great love. That's love, right? Before the foundation of the world, before the world that was ever started, he already chose you, right? That you should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined you unto the adoption. So he predestined you to be his child. He was going to adopt you through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. So it's right there. It's right there. And what I'm learning more and more and more is that, you know what, this Christian lifestyle it really is not about, it's not about how you feel. It's, it's really not. Like I always say, who, nobody cares about your feelings, right? And don't get that twisted. It's not to say like, oh, I don't care about you. You know, you went through certain things. Of course I care about you. If you don't know, yeah, I care about you. Sisters, I care about you. Brothers, I care about you. I do, right? But what I'm saying is this. In the scope of things, scripturally speaking, nobody cares about our feelings, because our feelings have nothing to do with the word of God. God's word simply is. It is. It's not a feeling. Like people say, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Oh, then they get all sad. I don't feel the Holy Ghost today. He's not moving. And the Bible says he's a spirit. God is a spirit. But people get all hung up on a feeling. Don't get hung up on a feeling because that is the area of the senses. That is the realm of this physical world. And who reigns over that? Satan. Satan. That's how a lot of times he tricks Christians, right? Real Christians. He'll trick Christians. Why? Because he gets you in your feelings. He gets you to feel certain things. You feel some type of way. And then when you feel some type of way, guess what? Humans are famous for doing this. We attribute our feelings, right, to God. Or you do it, they call it projection. You project your feelings, how you feel about something, onto another person. So because you feel some type of way, then you think, well, God feels some type of way towards you. But the word of God never changed. It simply is the word. It's always, it's eternal. So whatever God said about you, whatever he said for you, whatever his intentions are for you, you have to make up your mind that is that the word of God is good enough. It's good enough. And it better be good enough. Why? Because God's word was good enough to create all the heavens. God's word was good enough to create all the earth. It was good enough to create the sun. His word was good enough to create the moon and all the stars. Right. His word was good enough to create all the birds, all the fowls, all the fauna. Right. All the flora, the plants, the trees, right? Animals with hooves, creepy crawling things, worms and termites and, and ants, and right? His word was good enough for that. So it has to be good enough for you and me. 
You just have to make up in your mind that God's word is God's word. And that is that. So on you having a good day, you killing it. Great day. You know what? God's word is the same for you, sister. You having a great day, brother. You're killing it. You on top, running it, right? You in full on king mode. Guess what? God's word is the same for you, brother. On a day where you have been brought low, <laughs> I'll just put it like that, right? And you ain't doing so well. God's word, it's the same for you. It doesn't change like shifting shadows. What changes? Humans change. Our emotions change. Our feelings change. Our thinkings change. But see, God's word does not. And that is how you always, always, always beat the devil. Right. You stand on God's word no matter what you're getting jacked up from every side spiritually. Your emotions are raging out of control. You know, people are coming at you. They're trying to get in your face. Your money is messed up. All, whatever is going on, all hell is breaking loose. You know what is not changing? God's word. It is the calm in the storm. So you go to God's word. No matter what. Now. Getting, honing it in on the message, right? You want to know what father thinks about you? Go in the Bible. Go in the Bible. Just clearly read it. And it tells you, right? I just told you, I just only showed you a couple of scriptures, right? Two different places in the scriptures. There's many more places where it literally tells you who father is. How much he loves you. And then what you have to do is you have to meditate on it. It's not just enough to read it. You have to meditate on it. Think about it. Whoa, you sent Jesus to die for me? Whoa, whoa, that's a lot of love. Hold on a second now. That's a lot of love. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I ain't know you love me like that. See, that's meditate. You have to meditate on God's word. As you meditate on his word, the freshness, the fragrance. You know, when you open up an orange, pfft, there's like the orange spray, a good orange. It sprays everywhere. You can smell it. Mm, that's how God's word is. When you meditate on his word, it's like you're stripping that orange open, that freshness. Ah, it's all over the place, right? Or like you're chewing on it and it's layers and layers of delicious flavors. That is the word of God, right? If you just read it, even the world can read. I've said this before. Even the world can memorize the scriptures and the world does. Many of them know more about the scriptures than many Christians. They just memorize it at face value. They don't know how to meditate on God's word and they don't know Holy Spirit. So they cannot get what you and I can get out of the word. They can't. It doesn't talk to them. The Bible will talk to you. Right. It's alive. The Bible it's a living. It's the living word of God. It's alive. Jesus is the word of God. Amen. Right. You meditate on the word of God. The book of Joshua tells you flat out, meditate on this word day and night. Let me go ahead and turn here. Right. So y'all know. You know, that way, if you forget, you can always just come back to the podcast. It is here. Right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Joshua. Joshua one. Bam. Joshua 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, 
go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whatsoever, whithersoever thou goest. This book, here we go, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See, it's right there. He's telling you to meditate on his word. And Christian meditation is not like Western meditation. You know, om, om. you're not trying to zone out and blank out your mind. That's something from the devil. He does that because when you blank out your mind, he sticks stuff in there, right? Christian meditation is way different. We don't do that, right? We take God's word. We look at God's word and then we pick it apart. And you think you have the Holy Spirit. So as you're thinking, Holy Spirit sees you thinking. He gives you certain thoughts. He'll explain certain, certain things to you as you're doing the work and meditating on it. That's it right there. And what I'm understanding more and more is our understanding of God, of who God is, what God is, how he is towards us, how he feels about us, how he thinks about us. It really does determine how you're going to approach God. Right. If you think God is some angry God, then you're not walking in faith. You're walking in fear. You're not going to get what he said he has for you because you can only access those things through faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You have to have faith. And if you're believing that God is somebody that he is not, then that's not faith. You created an idol in your mind. You created a version of God which is not real and does not exist. And that's who you're thinking about. And you have to repent for idolatry, right? You made a version of God that's not real. Go by what the Bible says, not by what you're thinking, not by what you're feeling. What does the Bible say? At the end of it all, that's where you got to discipline yourself to always come back. I, I find myself doing that more and more. Hey, what did the Bible say about this? Something goes down, my feelings feel some type of way. And I literally say, like, hey, hey, knock it off. What does that have to do with anything? What does the Bible say? What did the Bible say? Because that's all I care about. That's it. What did the Bible say? Oh, it said this? Okay. Oh, God, this is what you think about me? Oh, okay. Because I'm not feeling that way about myself. But you feel that way about me and you don't change? Got it. I'm in agreement with that. Let me start worshiping you right now. Hallelujah. And your feelings will change very quickly. And... You'll be in the presence of the Most High God. Technically, you're always in his presence as God is everywhere. But as they say, you'll be in his presence. You'll be aware of his presence. And he'll start explaining things to you and 
opening up and uh, it's just so good. But you have to discipline yourself. You have to do what God flat out told you to do in Joshua 1, and that is meditate therein day and night. So this is all throughout the day, right? He's not saying like you just sit there all day long. We're almost done here. He's not saying that you sit there all day long and don't do don't do your job, don't work, don't eat, don't spend time with your family. That's not what he's saying, right? He understands you have those responsibilities, but throughout the day, you know, think about him. Think about the scripture. Get a scripture, you know, or a couple of scriptures, and you're 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 munching on those all throughout the day. Or if you're if you're in a so like back in the day, I really really used to worry like when I was a younger Christian, and I remember. I got the scripture about worry, like, you know, let tomorrow worry about itself, right? And because it has enough, <laughs> let let tomorrow worry about itself. And I remember it was profound. So whenever I found myself in a situation where I would start worrying, I would immediately get that scripture. And I would just keep thinking about it throughout the day. I say it out loud. I pray about it. I think about it. What does that mean? You know, why should I not worry? What do you mean tomorrow has enough worries of its own, right? And, and it, stop worrying it just it just went away so you if you want to get what god has for you then one you have to believe like the bible says god is a rewarder and that he is that he is what that he is the god of the bible that he is exactly who he said he is don't make up some other version because you feel some type of or you heard from somebody or your mama or so ever somebody whatever what does the Bible say? Not the Catholic Bible, not the Mormon Bible, because those have been tampered with and there's extra books that are no, 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 right? The Holy Bible, right? You go in there. What does that Bible say? Okay, what does that say? And I would say not even, not even the NIV. I mean, it's better than nothing, but one of the most important verses in the Bible was removed from the NIV, right? The scripture that tells you flat out that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, they removed that from the NIV and some other things, right? So I I tend to not go to the NIV. I would say go to the King James Version. I'm, I'm just saying. But anyway, listen, I did pray for the grace to deliver this. And the thing is, the way you're really going to know it is experientially. One, lock in your mind that whatever God said, that is it. His word is good enough for you. And that's that. It's good enough for you. And that's that. He don't got to show you no more extra credentials. He's the Lord. He's God Almighty. That's it, Lord. You don't got to show me. Just like that, that, um, that centurion, right? You know, the centurion had a servant in the Bible who was dying. He went to Jesus Oh, my servant is dying. Jesus basically said, come on, let's go to your house. Jesus, the servant said, excuse me, the centurion said, oh, you don't need to come to my house, right? <laughs> you don't have to come to my house. You know, I'm a, I'm a military man, right? I tell somebody to do this, they do that. I tell them to do this, they do that, right? All you have to do is say the word, it's done. In other words, your word is good enough for me. That's it. Jesus marveled. I've never seen such faith like this in Israel, Right? It's his word. You must push the I believe button and just say, God, your word is good enough for me. I may not understand what's going on in my life. Things look crazy, right? But you know what? What does your word say? And you stand on that and you discipline yourself. So no matter what your emotions are telling you, your default always goes back to 
the word of God, right? Not some crazy interpretation that the devil probably gave you, just being straight up, like he did with, with, with Eve, right? Yeah, what God, what God really meant was this, something that's going to feed your flesh. No, destroy those thoughts, destroy them. Okay. Okay. So anyway, that's it. I hope this helps you. I did pray multiple times, God, that he would give me the grace to deliver this. I would just pray, ask God to give you understanding. Man, understanding is so powerful. Ask God to give you understanding about these things. And remember, prayer is not just a one and done thing. It's not like I said it. I said the prayer. I'm done. Nah, nah. Keep praying about it. Keep asking. What's the Bible say? Keep knocking, right? Keep asking. Keep seeking, right? And there's the, almost done here, there's the story in the Bible about the little old lady, right? And the judge. The Bible says the judge feared neither man nor beast. And it was this little old lady. She just kept coming back every day saying, judge, avenge me, avenge me. And she did it every day. And then and this is not some made up story. God is letting us know like this really happened. And he let us know what that judge was thinking. He said to himself, you know, even though I'm not afraid of man nor beast, this lady is wearing me out. I'm going to give her what she's asking for. Right. Right. That's that's the way you do it. Right. Prayer is not just the one and done thing. You keep asking. You keep thinking. You keep seeking. Right. You right? that's how it is. That's how it is. And watch what happens. Watch how much closer you get to God, the father. Right. Because he wants you to know he's a loving father. He wants you to know he's not just some silent partner. He's not some deadbeat dad of a God that's just sitting there doing nothing. And Jesus is out doing, you know, Jesus did all the hard work and the Holy Ghost is down here with us right now. And father's not doing nothing. No, 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 that is not, that is not it at all. Okay. So please, I encourage you read through the scriptures, right? Take it at face value, what it says about father and then pray for understanding. Make up your mind that God's word is good enough for you. You don't need him to show you no credentials. You don't need him to do. He is God almighty. This is what he said. His word is good enough. Trust him. Trust the word of God, right? And open yourself up and watch, watch what happens. Watch how much closer you get with father, how much you understand his love for you. And, and remember this, there's nothing that you can do to earn God's love, okay? It's simply he he decided to love you. That's that. He loves you. You acting happy and you singing songs to him. He loves you. You was acting a fool on that particular day. You know what? He loves you. Knock it off. But he loves you. <laughs> okay. You can't earn his love. He loves you. And never let the devil or never let your thoughts tell you like, I've sinned so badly. I just can't even go to him. That's such a lie because he already saw it's scriptural. Don't go by your emotions. He said he predestined you. He foreknew you. He knew everything you was going to do before you did it. And then he said, I choose you. You can always go to your father. Okay, that's it. Who your daddy? Who your daddy? All right. Hey, remember, I love you guys with the love of the Lord. Remember, always submit yourself unto God first. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.